0: of the Sterling Baptist Church in Sterling, Georgia, just outside Brunswick, Georgia. And uh, he's been there since 1996, so if I'm counting correctly, and I, I do have my shoes on, so it might be wrong for the copy, but that's 21 years, uh, I believe, that he's been there uh, pastoring, is that right? 20, 21, yes, okay. Uh, that he's been there uh, pastoring, and uh, we, we moved there from London, England, uh, where we were missionaries for two years. And uh, I appreciate my dad in the fact that uh, I remember, I remember a lot of things, most of them not pleasant. But one of the pleasant memories that I remember is uh, when I was working for the, uh, the Georgia State Patrol, uh, he told me, he said, Son, he said, I don't care what you do as so long as you know that it's God's will for your life. And um, that has stuck with me. Uh, now for many, many years, and even when we moved here, um, we did not want to move here. I've told you all that before, and uh, what my desire was to do uh, with Yankees. And uh, it wasn't to work in the ministry, but uh, we, uh, we knew it was God's will. And uh, he told me, because uh, I've had people ask me, you know, when are you, when are you moving on? And I don't know if it's to find out when I'm moving on because they want me to move on or, uh, but he told me, he said, son, if God's called you there, you make sure that God calls you away and uh, until God calls me away, you're stuck with me, so <laughs> don't ask, but, um, but I, I appreciate the, those words of wisdom that have really been a guide uh, in my life. So I'm glad that he was able to come, glad my mom's able to come and, uh, and be here with us today. And uh, we do thank you so much. But he's going to come and he's going to preach uh, to us this morning. Uh, Dad, if you'll come. This, this is already on.
1: Just let me get I just gotta <sighs> We're a crying family, so Hmm Well I like these lights. I can't even see y'all. <laughs> I can say what I want, I don't care what you look like. <laughs> How long do I have, brothers? Uh, Brown, what time are you going to be done? Do you two hours? About, yeah, generally hour and a half to 40, hour and 45 minutes. You just. You, about noon. About noon. Y'all heard him say, about noon. Okay? I appreciate um. Pastor Brown inviting us to come and I appreciate Pastor Brown asking me to preach this morning and uh, I know that my son and his family are where they're supposed to be. I believe that with all my heart. It was 10 years ago on August 1st, which is my birthday, that my son loaded up his wife and my grandchildren and left town on my birthday that part I haven't got no I'm just kidding but it has been a joy to be here I'm so sorry for the passing of your husband but I'm glad I got to be here for his funeral glad I got to be here for your daddy's funeral your granddaddy's funeral and uh, the preaching that I've heard this week Wednesday night pastor Brown God used him to bring a tremendous message. And then that message on Friday at the funeral, I thought camp meeting was going to break out. I mean, it was tremendous, this presence of God here. And then this morning, the song that the brown children sang. I love that song, In Christ I Stand. And Brother Daniel, that Sunday school lesson was excellent, absolutely excellent. Matter of fact, I asked Jeremiah as soon as Sunday school's over. I said, "I need a copy of that." That was absolutely wonderful this morning. My heart is full this morning. I want to thank you, church. I want to thank Pastor Brown and Mrs. Brown for what you've done for my. When you when you know you parents know when you do something for somebody's kids, you do something for them. And you have been so good to our children. You have blessed us, and we thank you for that. And you doing this special day for them is just absolutely wonderful, and I, I appreciate it so much. Could I invite your attention to Isaiah chapter 45? Isaiah chapter 45, and I will do my best with the help of the Lord to be done about noon. And, uh, but I want to share this with you. Brother Brown called me. I don't know. It's been three, four months? No, it's been longer than that. I'm not sure how long it was. He called me and, and told me what was going on and, and wanted, uh, wanted us to come. And I immediately began to pray and ask the Lord what He'd have me preach this morning. And uh, have struggled with it right up till just this last week, really. And I felt like God put me on, on track with what He wanted me to preach this morning. And so I want to preach to you this morning, my text, uh, my scripture reading is found in Isaiah 45, uh, the first part of the chapter. My text will be found later in the chapter, but could I pray before I started? Would you ask the Lord to open your heart this morning and ask God to speak to your heart? If you're here this morning you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I know the passion of this pastor and this church is that you would come to know Christ as your Savior. That's what it's all about, bringing people to Christ and learning as this tremendous Sunday school lesson this morning, living a life that magnifies the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I want to thank you for letting me be here this morning. I want to thank you for your, just your tremendous blessings, Father, you poured out upon us. And I ask you now, Lord, to fill me with your Spirit, fill each one with your Spirit. Dear God, help us this morning. Please manifest, continue to manifest your presence here this morning. I pray you'll give me boldness, clarity of thought, clearness of speech, and give everyone ears to hear. And may the Word of God burn in our hearts today as you, the Spirit of God, you do the preaching and you do the listening in us, I pray. May Christ be exalted to your honor and glory, Father. In Christ Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Verse 1 Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two leaf gates and the gates that shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden uh, riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob my servant's sake, and Israel mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There uh, There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Then if you'll look with me in verse 21, And 22, we'll read these two verses, give you our title and our theme to the message today. And then with the help of God, we'll share that with you. Verse 21, God speaking still, tell ye, and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together, who hath declared this from ancient time or from eternity past, who hath told it from that time, have not I the Lord And there is no God else beside me. A just God and a Savior, there is none beside me. Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. The title of my message this morning is Only God. Only God. The theme of my message, there is none beside Jehovah. There is none beside Jehovah. In Isaiah 45, 6, when he said, beside me, it means no other eternal being. There is no other eternal being. His name, when you see Lord in all capital letters, uh, there in the Old Testament, That is referring to Jehovah. Uh, I I, I sometimes think we we don't go deep enough into the name of God, but our God is Jehovah. It means the existing one. It means I am that I am. Uh, Jehovah is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jehovah, the infinite one. Uh, I recently did a, a message on God being infinite, and man being finite. And one of the things God uh, uh, showed me there was I like, instead of saying that God is infinite, I like to say that Jehovah is infinite. He is infinite. We're finite, but Jehovah is infinite. Uh, Isaiah 45.5, only, Je- uh, only Jehovah, and we're preaching on only God this morning. Only Jehovah, only God is Sovereign only God is sovereign. Look at uh, verse 5 again. I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God uh, beside me. I girded thee, he tells Cyrus, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rise of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am am the Lord and there is none else watch verse 7 I form the light and create darkness I make peace and create evil I the Lord do all these things Isaiah one fifteen three 3 says but our God is in the heavens listen he hath done whatsoever he hath pleased only God is sovereign I've got an illustration I used back home I didn't think to pack it this morning but it's a Gatorade bottle. One of the quart ones, I guess it is. And I took the, the, the wrapper off where you can see inside of it. And inside of that bottle is a little green bead, like on a children's necklace, just a little green bead. And I, and I just hold it up and I rattle it. And I say, this Gatorade bottle represents the sovereignty of God. And that little green bead inside represents us. Now, god, god gave me a will, and God lets me exercise my will. God in his word tells me what to do, but if I choose to disobey God, then I'll pay the consequences. But here's the point of my illustration. That nobody gets out of the, outside of the sovereignty of God. Everybody exercises their will. within. If you can get outside the sovereignty of God, that'd make you a god. Only God is sovereign. Matter of fact, Lucifer, all that Lucifer does, Satan does, it's done within the sovereignty of God. Go to Job 1 and go to Job 2. Everything that uh, Satan was able to do, it was only because God gave him permission to do it. There's only one sovereign. There's only one Jehovah. There's only one eternal being and it's only God. Only, listen, only God knows God. In 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 11, I heard someone say been years ago that, uh, that what, the, what humanism will teach is you start with man and then work your way to God. Well, that's backwards. Uh, you start with God and then you come to man. Uh, listen, Only the only way we can know God is if God reveals himself to us. Only God knows God in 1 Corinthians 2, 11, For what man knoweth the things of a man save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but who? But the Spirit of God. Psalm 145, 3 says, Great is the Lord and greatly be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Romans 11 and verse 33, oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. It says, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. That phrase past finding out means that cannot be comprehended. you, You cannot find out God. Matter of fact, for you hunters, if you dig back far enough on the word, it means you can't track him. You can't find out God unless God wants to let you find him out. And verse 34 says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, who hath been, or who hath been his counselor? I love Matthew eleven twenty-seven. 27. It says, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. See, only God knows God. And then he says, Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son. Only God knows God. Only God, still in Matthew eleven twenty seven, 27, only God can reveal God to man. Again, in Matthew eleven twenty seven, 27, all things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son, but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father. save the Son, and he... Talking about us, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Hey, the only way we can know the Father is for the Son to reveal him to us. It's wonderful. There in the next verse, he says, come unto me. What? So I can reveal the Father unto you. In John chapter 15 and verse 15, henceforth I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things, for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the hearts of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Listen to verse 10. But God... Hath revealed them unto us. How? By his Spirit. By God the Father has revealed them. By God the Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things. Yea the deep things of God. Only God can reveal God to man. God chose to become a man to reveal himself to man. Matthew 1, 23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. John 1.14, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only God of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hey, only God can reveal himself to us. John chapter 14 and verse 8, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father. And it sufficeth us, Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen the Father has seen, or he that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? And Philip uh, talking about only God can reveal God to man. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. It took God becoming a man provides salvation for us. In His Word, God Himself reveals His glory to man. And Second Corinthians, see folks, we've got to have God. We've got to have God. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 it says now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord I tell you what you pick up this book and accept the Holy Spirit teach you you don't get anything from it in Psalm 119 the psalmist said open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law could you pick up Bible just, could you pick up your Bible and and look at it. Just look at it just to say, look look at the page. You know what you're looking at? You're looking at, you're looking at, at wondrous things that you can't see except God open your eyes. Hey, this book is full of treasure. This book is full of wonder. Hey, this book is full of God. And it takes God to reveal God to us it takes God to reveal his glory to us in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 6 it says for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ hey it's God the Father read the verse it's the Father that is shining in our hearts for what purpose to give, it says to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God how in the face of Jesus Christ. Oh, only God can reveal God only God can glorify God John 1 18 says no man has seen God at any time the only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father he hath declared Him." John 17 1 these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said father the hour has come glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee John seventeen four. he said I have glorified thee on the earth I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do and now O father glorify thou me with thy own self with a glory which I had with thee before the world was. And Hebrews 1 and verse 3 says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Only God can glorify God. Only God can satisfy God. I love this. Only God can reveal God. Only God Only God can satisfy God. Let me show you. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighted upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Matthew 12 verse 17 that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying behold my servant whom I have chosen my beloved in whom I my soul is well pleased Matthew 17 4 then answered Peter this is up on the Mount of Transfiguration and uh, bless his heart Peter back to foot it, put his foot in his mouth again then Peter answered and said Jesus Lord it is good for us to be here if thou wilt let us make uh, here three tabernacles one for thee one for Moses and one for Elias while he yet spake behold a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, Hey, hey, Peter, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. It's not Moses that satisfies me, it's not Elijah that satisfies me, it's my Son that satisfies me. Only God can satisfy God. It took, the God, it took God the Son on the cross to satisfy God the Father on the throne for the payment of our sins. Isaiah 53 and verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord, that's talking about the Father, to bruise Him, that's talking about the Son. He the Father hath put Him, the Son, to grief, when thou, the Father, shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he uh, shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord, the pleasure of the shall prosper. Uh, shall prosper in his hand, in the hand of his Son. He says... He shall see the travail of his soul. It's the Father that sees the travail of his son's soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many? For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I, the Father, divide him, my son, a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors. He bare the sin of many and made intercession for the saints. It took God the Son on the cross to satisfy God the Father concerning our sins. Not only did it take His Son to satisfy the payment for sin, but only God can bring man to God. Only God can bring man to God. In John chapter 6 and verse 44, in that cha- isn't it interesting in John six 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 that many of his disciples turned and went back and followed him no more. Isn't that an interesting that God would make it John six, six, six? But Jesus said in John six, forty four, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way to get to the Father. It's not, we heard this morning about religion. Hey, you can't get to God through religion. Hey, let me tell you something. There's a lot of religious people in hell today. The only way you can get to the Father is through the Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians three six, I have planted, Apollos watered. That's part of walking worthy of vocation. We're supposed to be witnesses, but only God can give the increase. He says, "I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase." Only God can save. In John chapter 3, would you turn there with me, please? In John chapter 3, only God can save. Religion can't save. Good works won't save you. Walk in the aisle, sign in a card. I have preacher friends that when they were in their youth, they walked the aisle in, a, in Baptist churches, went down front, signed a card, joined the church, and thought they were fine and were on their way to heaven. Until they came to hear the gospel. Only God can save. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is an act of a good conscience. It's obedience. It's identifying with the Lord Jesus Christ. Only God can save. John 3 and verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Hey, that word must means it's something that has to be done. If you've never been born again, my friend, you need to understand, you are lost. You are lost. You are lost if you've never been born again. But watch verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But canst not but cannot but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone what that is what? Born of the Spirit. Hey, only God can save. Hey, it takes the convicting of the Holy Ghost. Hey, it's the Holy Spirit that works the miracle of salvation in each individual heart. Because only God can save. John chapter 3 in verse 14 it is Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life can I say something real quick and then I got to move on I want to encourage you to read the gospel of John the word believe in any form in the in, in the word of God in our King James Bible is used about 300 times one, almost one third of that is in the Gospel of John. Say, so what are you saying? The Gospel of John is saturated that you have to believe on the Son of God. That's salvation. Putting your faith, it's repentance toward God and faith in Christ. Putting your faith in what Christ did on the cross and putting it in Christ alone. He says in verse 16, For God's so of the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, what, believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that what believeth, uh, he that believeth on the Son, is not condemned. But he that what, that believeth not, is condemned already. Not going to be condemned. You're already condemned. Why? Because you committed this sin or you committed that sin? No. Look what it says. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's what sends people to hell. Rejecting Jesus Christ. The Bible says in First Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 19, but with the pre- we're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot who was verily, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you. Hey, only God can save man. Again in Isaiah 45, 21, tell ye and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath declared it from that time? Have not I the Lord, and there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior? There is none beside me. Hey, by the way, hey, in the Old Testament, who's the Savior? He just told us it's Jehovah. In the New Testament, who's the Savior? It's Jesus Christ. Guess what? Jesus Christ. Christ is Jehovah in the Old Testament. Now, listen to this, if you would please. Because only God can satisfy God, I need God in me to satisfy God. Let me tell you where Christians spend so much time living their miserable Christian life because they're trying to do it in the flesh. You're trying to please God in the flesh. It's not going to happen. The flesh is the enemy of God. The flesh, the flesh is not subject to the law of God. You're, you're my, I, don't bet you, I don't know how your flesh, my flesh, don't want nothing to do with God. My flesh wants to do with the world. Galatians 2.20 says, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I lived yet not I. He says, but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live where? In the flesh. Listen, he says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Why? Because only the Son can please the Father. He says, who loved me and gave himself for me. Nobody else ever did that. Nobody else ever died for me. Paul says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Hebrews chapter 11. I get, is it okay if I take this off? I'm, okay, I didn't hear whether you said yes or no, so I'm going to take it off anyway. Whew, getting, I'm warm. Hebrews eleven six. 6. Listen, please. Only God can satisfy God. Quit trying to satisfy God yourself. You can't do it. You're wasting your time. You're frustrating yourself, and by the way, probably everybody around you too. Hebrews eleven six, but without faith. Listen to what he says. It is impossible. The only way you can please God is by faith, and in Galatians two twenty, we saw it's the faith of the Son of God. It's not faith in the Son of God. It's the faith of the Son of God. Hey, we say, where do I find that? It's in here. Hey, you want to know how to uh, please God through the sign and Get in here. For he that cometh to God, listen to this, now, must believe that he is. I remember years ago when God opened that verse to me, I got so excited I was misquoting it. I was here, I was, I'd get up and go, but must believe that God really is. Hey, you'd be surprised how many born-again believers do not believe that God is. Hey, let me ask you this morning, is God real to you? I'm going to show you how you can tell. Watch the rest of the verse. Must believe that he is and that he is what? That God is a rewarder of them. That what? That diligently seek him. Hey, I believe with all my heart. Hey, when a believer comes to know that God is, that they will begin to seek him with all their heart. Would you look at Colossians one twenty seven with me? Colossians 127, because only God can satisfy God, I need God in me to satisfy God. This back in uh, the fall of 1989, God showed me this verse. Colossians 127, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. If you're here this morning and you are born again, you are in Christ. But not only are you in Christ, Christ is in you. You need to understand that Christ is literally inside of you. And that Christ in you wants to get out of you on the outside of you. Christ who lives on the inside wants the world to see Christ on the outside. Hey, you don't need to see Rick Williams this morning. You need to see Christ in me. Hey, you don't need Rick Williams to deal with you. You need Christ in me to deal with you. I used to illustrate it this way. When I was a little smaller, I'd have them put a black trash bag over the top of me. And that black trash bag represented what you see now. And then I, inside the trash bag, represented Christ in me. And I'd begin to do this. I'd I'm I'm say, hey, Christ in me wants to get on the outside. I'm afraid in the lives of a lot of believers, Christ is suffering from cabin fever. He wants to get on the outside of us. If the world's going to see my good works and glorify my Father, which is in heaven, Christ has got to get on the outside. Which church was it when he wrote this letter to the seven churches? He said, thou hast a name that you're alive. See, the world, everybody around said, boy, that's a live church over there, isn't it? But what did God say about them? He said, you're dead. Oh, folks. We need Christ in us to get on the outside. Only God can make life fulfilling. Only God can make life fulfilling. Jesus said in John 10.10, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundant. Can I ask you, are you enjoying more abundant life today? Be honest with yourself. And be honest with God. Could I challenge you this morning? I don't, I don't know where you are. I don't know nothing about you and your relationship with God. But could I challenge you this morning to begin to pursue Jesus Christ with all your heart? Amen. Because only He can make life fulfilling. We live in a world, matter of fact, the Bible tells us that the last days it should be like in the days of, of Noah. Eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. There's a verse in Proverbs 9 says, you know, it start, Proverbs 9 starts out with a, a wisdom speaking. You get down there around verse 10 or 11 or something and that clamorous woman starts running her mouth. And she's calling to, it says, passengers who go right on their ways. You know what I believe the average believer is doing today? They're just going right on their way going right on their way. Hey, we better wake up and listen to wisdom. She's crying out. Hey, God wants us to be ready for judgment. And the only way I get, according to Scripture, the only way I get ready for judgment is through Jesus Christ. It's appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Somebody tell me what the next verse says. just starts out with, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Because God has ordained death and God has ordained judgment. God also ordained that He would give His Son so that you and I of the world could get ready to stand before Him in judgment. Let me ask you a question. Are you getting ready for judgment? I pastored in... in Ohio for a few years and I had an old, one of the old deacons he'd sit there and smile at me and say preacher he said this life is our only opportunity to get ready for the next I don't know how many times I heard him say that this life is the only time we have to get ready for the next in John chapter 3 could you turn to John chapter 3 with me John chapter 3. Only God can make life fulfilling. Let me tell you something. Marriage is great. But you know what I found out about marriage? It doesn't fulfill me. Kids are great. Grandkids are even better. But they don't fulfill me. It takes Jesus Christ. Only Je- Listen to me. God created us. We're God's creation. And God created the soul of man to be satisfied only one way. And that is with himself. And man, Adam, chose. He knew what he was doing. And he openly rebelled. Yes, he rebelled against God. Let me tell you something the serpent wasn't trying to get the woman to worship him. He was trying to get the woman to worship herself. So that through her, Adam would worship himself, and God said, you've listened to your wife instead of to me. There's only two main religions in the world. There's the worship of Jehovah. And there's the worship of self. That's it. That's the two main... And God, of course, instituted the worship of Jehovah. And Satan, when Satan, when iniquity was found in him, he instituted, I will be like the Most High. And he passed it on to men. And if you try to satisfy your soul any other way than uh, in Jesus Christ, you'll never be satisfied. Colossians 3 verse 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, are you, are you born again? Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Matter of fact, can I just quickly say that word seek is a command. God's not asking you to seek Him. He's not asking you to seek Christ. He's commanding you to seek Christ. Why, why does God have to tell us what to do? Because if he didn't tell us what to do, we wouldn't do it. We haven't got the sense to seek after Christ. We don't have the desire to seek after Christ. Hey, that comes by the grace of, hey, just as I was born again by the grace of God, I'm being conformed to the image of God's Son by the grace of God, and I shall be like him by the grace of God. He says, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above not on things on the earth. Could I in- challenge you this morning? Please hey, get your heart in heaven for where your heart is, there will your treasure. Or where your treasure is there will your heart be also. Get your, hey Christ is our treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Hey we're the vessel. He's the treasure inside. Hey, get your heart in heaven. And verse 3 says, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. If I were to tell you if I, let's say you, uh, let's say, let's say there was a, some medicine you needed and I knew it was, and I knew where it was and, and, and I, I told you where it was and you had to have it or you were going to die. If I told you the medicine was up here in the pulpit, what would you do? You'd come get in the pulpit to get it, wouldn't you? Why? Because you have to have that medicine to live. Hey, your life is hid with Christ in God. Your life is in Jesus Christ. It's not in possessions. It's not in people. Hey, it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where life is. Matter of fact, look at verse 4. He says, when Christ, who is our life, believer, Christ is our life, our life is is to be all about Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, in Philippians 1.21, Paul says, for to me to live. Now this, this is Paul's personal testimony. Paul's personal testimony is, is, for to me to live is Christ. Paul said, you know what life is to me? Jesus Christ. Paul's life revolved around Jesus Christ. He didn't stick Jesus Christ in here. He didn't stick Jesus Christ in there. His life revolved around the Lord Jesus Christ. Only Christ can satisfy. And then finally, I want (coughs) only God, (coughs) excuse me, only God is our hope. Only God is our hope. Now, I, I I, I don't think I'm stepping out on a limb here. If anybody hits me upside the head with a rock, I'll know I shouldn't have went there. But back in November, God spared America. He delivered us from President Barack Obama. He kept us from Hillary Clinton. And he gave us Donald Trump. Now, I wish he'd quit Twittering so much. But I believe he is a gift from God. Now, I believe he's lost. I'm praying for his salvation. God gave me a verse sometime back in the book of Ezra. It talks about God gave him a little space for a little reviving. Do you realize if Hillary Clinton had been elected president, what would be taking place in America right now. She is not a friend of Jesus Christ. She's not a friend of the church. God has given us a little space. I tell my church, we best not waste it. I'm, he's, President Trump is in for at least four years I'm praying, because they're doing everything they can to get rid of him. And then when Vice President Pence steps up, he'll be the next target. Folks, this isn't a battle between Republicans and Democrats. This is a war between God and Satan. And we need to understand that. And we better be taking our opportunities to be telling people about Christ. We better be witnessing every chance we get. We better, we better. Hey, let me chat. You better carry keep tracks on you. Hey, the sower in Luke chapter eight, that sower was casting seed everywhere. He was just—he. Sl- I read thinking, man, this guy—he's just—he's—he's. He's, why don't he just throw it on the good? Well, I don't know what the good ground is. Only God knows the good ground. And by the way, those four grounds, every heart in here and every heart in the world is one of those four grounds, and there's only one of them you want to be, and it's the good ground but you and I need to be casting seed everywhere. Every day, everywhere we go, casting seed, casting seed. By the way we live, and yes, every believer seeking to verbally tell someone about Christ. I heard a preacher say on the radio years ago, he said the average believer will go to their grave never having witnessed one time. I think it's gotten worse That's been several years ago. I think it's gotten worse. I say this. I believe many believers will go to their grave never even handing, they will have never taken a track and handed a track out. That's sad. Don't let that be said about you. Only God is our hope. In Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That song they sang in Sunday school, I love that song. I thought, man, why couldn't they have saved that to sing before I got up to preach? But then the ladies got up and sang, I've come too far to turn back now. or I've come too far to look, whatever it is. I love that song because what I you know what I tell my look folks we've come too far we can't afford to turn back we can't af- I'm closer to standing before God than I've ever been in my life I can't afford to look back and I sure can't afford to turn back you you older people will remember this you ever, that the old saying don't put all your eggs in one basket Let me tell you something, you better get all your eggs in God's basket. Get all, whatever you ain't got in His basket. Oh, excuse me, I shouldn't use the word ain't. Get all, whatever you ain't got in His basket, get it in His basket. Because He is the blessed hope. 1 Timothy 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior And Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. That word hope means our confident expectation. You see, we use the word belief. Well, I hope it don't rain today. Well, I, I hope so and so comes to church today. Hey, when I say my hope is in Jesus Christ, He is my confident expectation based upon the promises in God's Word. Say preacher, Bible, Barnabas told the church at Antioch that they should cleave unto the Lord with purpose of heart. They should cleave unto the Lord. How do I do that? Hey, get in his wire to get a hold of the promises. Let me finish. Only God is our hope. 1 Peter 1.21 Who by him, Jesus Christ, do believe in God that raised him, it was God the Father that raised him from the dead and gave him, the Son, glory. Why? That your faith and hope might be in God. You see, the reason the Son came was to bring us to His Father. We're headed to the Father's house. That's where we're going. We're not, we're not going to a cabin out yonder on the back 40 in glory. Glory. Our mansions are in the Father's house. The Son came... To bring us to the Father. And just, hey, and the God of glory out yonder in glory, it says, hath called us unto his glory and virtue by Christ Jesus in First Peter 5, 10. And God out yonder in glory called to me and called you out yonder in darkness. He said, hey, come over here. But more than that, not only did he call, say, come over here. He sent his Son, he sent his Holy Spirit to come and get us and bring us to the Father. He asked you something. Are you headed to the Father's house? Are you on your journey to the Father's house? If you're not, you need to get on that journey. You need to get on that journey because see, if you're not on your journey to the Father's house, you're on your journey to hell. And Christ didn't die for you to go to hell. He died for you to go to heaven. Isaiah 45, one more time. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. That's why we have missions. Why? Because there's only one God, and there's only one Savior. Doesn't matter where you go in the world, the world's full of religions. But there's still only one God and one Savior. And he says, look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. He says, for I am God. And there is none else. No other way of salvation other than in Jesus Christ. No other God but the Lord Jehovah. Only God. Only God. Would you bow your heads with me please? I'm going to ask Pastor Brown to come and let him take the invitation and but I will have a word of prayer before I leave the pulpit. If you haven't got your eyes on God, get your eyes on God. Get your eyes off of people. Get your eyes off of money. Get your eyes off your job. Get your eyes on God. Get your eyes off... Hey. You better not, you, if you've got your eyes on your bad health, you better get your eyes on God. You better get your eyes on God. You got your eyes on your hurt feelings, you better get your eyes on God. Get your eyes on God this morning. Father, I thank you for letting me stand in this pulpit. I know that it was a gift from you to let me be here this morning and i thank you for letting me be here lord and i pray i've honored you and i thank you for putting in brother brown's heart to invite me to come but god and i thank you for my son and his sherry uh, them being here and their children and what you're doing here is they grow together with this church but god it's not about them it's not about us it's about you help us lord be focused focused on Christ in each of our lives in our homes and I pray for every church this morning, Lord, to be focused on Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.